take your glasses off and put them on. Whatever you need to do. Thank you, Gail. And then we'll take care of that. There are two handouts. The one that we're looking at is um, it's page, it says page Tufresh Test Zion. And there is a, no, sorry, the wrong one. Tufresh Yud Zion on the top left. It says Tufresh Yud Zion. And about 10 lines down into the paragraph, it says letter Test Zion. Test Zion. Now, this is talking about when Rivka Imenu has been brought back with Eliezer to become Yitzchak Avinu's wife. And we'll read the Pasuk in the Torah here where it's, I'll read it out from the Flemish. It's at the very end of Perak Kraftalit. And it says as follows Vayivieha Yitzchak Ohela Sora Ima. Yitzchak brought her, meaning Rivka, to the tent, we'll say of Sora, his mother, Vayikaches Rivka, and he took Rivka, Vatihilol Isha, and she became for him as his wife, or as a wife, Vayeehoveho, and he loved her, Vayinachem Yitzchak Acharei Imo, and Yitzchak was comforted for his mother. The loss of his mother, Sarah Imenu, he is not fully comforted until he marries Rivka. So that's the Pasuk in the Torah. And we're going to see some of the Mephorshim here, and then we're going to take a look at the Midrash. Now, a few things. One is that she was the dugma of Sarah. This is Rashi. She was similar to Sarah. And all these three things we're going to be familiar with, but the Midrash is going to expand on it. So Rashi says, When Sora Yimenu was alive, there was a candle burning from one Erev Shabbos to the next. And there was a blessing in the dough. And there was a cloud that was connected to the tent. Umishamesa Pasku, when Sora Imenu died, these three, these three things stopped. Ukishabas Rivka Khazru. And when Rivka came, they all returned. Okay, that's Rashi. Now I also want to read out for you a Ramban. I'm just I'll paraphrase, paraphrase it. The Ramban says that. Me'esha Mesa Sora. When Sora Imenu died, Lo Natu Ahalo. They didn't allow her tent to be used by anybody. Ki Amru Lo Tavo Isha Acheres El Oel Hagavira Hanichbedes. That it wouldn't be right for any other woman to come into Sora Imenu's tent. She was such a great woman, no one else can fill her shoes. And when Yitzchak Avinu saw Rivka, however, 
Hevia el ha'ohel ha'hu lichvoda. He brought her to Sarah's tent in honor of Rivka. Visham lukacha, near she was taken. And that's what it means when it says, Vayehaveha, and he loved her, and he was comforted. It, so, it shows that he was mitzta'ir ma'od al ima. He was very pained on the loss of his mother, Sarah Imenu, which had occurred many years earlier. Varachak mimenu menachem, and he had a hard time becoming comforted. Ad shenichem be'ishto, until he was comforted by his wife. Ba'ahavaso osa, in his love for her. So the Ramban says, why would the Torah mention Yitzchak Avinu's love for Rivka, the love of a husband for his wife? And the idea is because of the great person who she was. The Torah is trying to say to us that Rivka Imenu has outstanding traits, Midos Tovos, similar to Sora Imenu, and Yitzchak Avinu's love for her is founded on the beauty of her Milos Tovos. And that's why the Torah tells us that. And Unkelis is Metargeim. The Ramban brings Unkelis. And it says, Vihinehi Sora Imo. The idea meaning, I'll, I'll read Unkelis itself. Unkelis says, Va'ala Yitzchak Lamashkana. Yitzchak went into the tent. He brought Rivka into the tent. Vachaza. And he saw, that her maisim, her deeds, were good and mesukan, refined, like Sora, his, like Sora, his mother. So Rivka Yimenu now comes on the scene, and she is a very fitting next-generation wife for Yitzchak Avinu after Abraham and Sora. That's the background from which our Midrash will then proceed. So take a look there at your pages. And again, we're going to be on letter Tess Zion, which is about 10 lines down from the top of the page. And the page of the two is the one that says Tough Ratio Zion on the top left. Everybody got it? Yeah? Okay. So, Zach the Midrash Vayivi'echa Yitzchak Ha'ohela Sara'ima. Yitzchak brought her to the tent of Sora, his mother. Kol yamim shehoisa Sora kayemes. This is the Midrash that Rashi is going on. That during this time when Sora Yimenu was alive, when Sora Yimenu was alive, haya onan kosher al Pesach ohala, there was a cloud connected to the opening of her tent. When Shemesa, when she died, Pasach Oso Anan, then that cloud disappeared, went away. When Rivka came, the cloud reappeared, it returned. That's one. Two. During the time when Sora Imenu was alive, Hayu Dulasos Pesuchos Liravacha. The opening of the tents, meaning of Avraham and Sarah, were open all the way around. Like we say, they had their tent open on four sides in order to welcome guests. So Avraham and Sarah Imenu, their tent 
They wanted to make sure that anybody who came from any direction would have easy access into their home so they could be machnis orchi. Now this is a new one. Rashi does not bring this. So this midrash says, Sora's tent, and I think this means is Abraham's tent based on Sora's motivation, was wide open. The Kevan Shemesa Sora Paska Osa Harvacha. And once Sora died, then that openness <coughs> ceased. Now another Pshad in the word Harvacha here is that she served plenty. She served lots of food. You know all about that, right? So when guests came, she made sure that they had plenty to eat. That's Harvacha. And when she died, that stopped, and then Rivka comes, and now it all comes back. The Kevin Shabbos Rivka, Chazra Osa Harvacha. When Rivka comes back, that Harvacha, that openness, that plenty, now it all returns. So that's two, and as I said, that's a new one for us. Rashi doesn't bring that down. When Sora was alive, the dough was blessed. When Sora died, that bracha ceased. Rivka came back, Rivka came, and now it returned. That's three. When Sora was alive, the candle was lit in her home from one Arab Shabbos to another. The Kevin Shemesa, when she died, Pasak Osohaner, the Nair stopped, the Kevin Shabbos Rivka Chazar. And when Rivka came, it came back, it returned. Now, just a little comment on this for a minute that why was the, why does the Midrash point out that the Nair was lit from Friday to Friday, Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos? You kind of think it would be lit on Erev Shabbos. What's the idea of it lasting the whole week? So some of the Mephorshim say with the Nath, that Sora Imenu's candle, she lit it, and it was every Friday, and it last, would last the whole week. It was, it was the Derech Nath, a little bit similar to Hanukkah, like the oil just didn't run out. Yeah, so she lighted on Erev Shabbos, and it would last the whole week, and then she'd light it again the next week, and it would last a whole week. So one of the Mephorsha makes the uh, Marzu, he makes mention of a Midrash earlier in Bereshis, when it says that Hashem blessed Yom Hashvi, the seventh day, Vayvorach Elohim Yom Hashvi'i. So the Midrash there has a few different opinions on what does it mean Hashem blessed the seventh day. So one of them is the Bercha Baman, it was blessed with Man, there was a double portion that fell on Friday. And then Rabbi Eliezer says there that Borcha Ba'or, Hashem blessed Shabbos with light. And the idea of light coming down into the world on Shabbos and a woman lighting near Shabbos, specifically a woman, that's one of her special mitzvahs, it is consistent with the idea that Shabbos is blessed with light. And then right after that, this same Tana in the Midrash relates a nace that happened to him once with Ner Shabbos, that they lit a Ner Shabbos in their home on Friday, and it lasted the entire week till the next Shabbos. And it was a nace, because there was only enough oil for one light. So this Midrash seems to be implying not just that there was light in her tent, that Sarah Emanuel lit the candle Arab Shabbos, but that every single week it would last the entire week.
So there's a nace going on in her tent every week. Okay, had a hand up before? Yeah, sorry, Please. Just, um, a uh, technical question yeah, uh -huh. about the tent. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know in terms of the global positioning of the tent. I don't know. But what we do know is that Sora's tent was kept just as it was when she died. That's what the Ramban is saying. Nobody, they wouldn't let anybody take that tent until Rivka came. So I would assume that once Yitzchak and Rivka are married, that he's going to be in closer proximity to how they worked out the logistics, if they switch out, I don't know. <laughs> I also don't know, but she was making dough in her tent. We know that from last week's right, Parsha, so right? Okay. She made like, dough. So it wasn't yeah. a separate tent for the kitchen? I don't, I don't think so, but again, I really don't know how they set it up. Right. Did she have her own separate kitchen tent and yeah. Pesach kitchen tent? And, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she did. <laughs> yeah. But they did, because they're making matzahs, right? Making matches. So they, in some way, Pesach was there. So I, I don't know how that all worked out, but we do know Sora was one making the dough right. with the bracha yeah. mitzuyah beis. Was it her tent or a separate kitchen tent? And but, so also, what, when you say the openings, so what Yeah. So that means there was a door on, the, on all four sides. I would interpret that to mean Abraham's tent. It wouldn't be Tsenua for Sora Imena to have people coming yeah, into her right, tent all the time. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that means her tent. Unless there were, like, literally separate rooms that they could come into this sort Like of a main area. Hallway yeah. area that was open, but then there was a separate... Yeah, possibly again. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, please, sorry. Yeah. Does that mean that the openings are there that Adam could not continue having guests he was having outside? That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. That all of that plenty and guests coming in, that was because of Sora Imenu's presence, as great as the Baal Chesed Avravina was. But Sora, right, Sora is completely apart and almost seems to, seems to be the Makor. Because once she dies, it stops. There's, there's no more Pesuach Lervacha. So either it's her Zechus or her, or her nature or her welcoming you know, nature and motivating the household to be like that. And Avraham is like that himself anyway. So all of that seems to come to a halt, like pus ka. Yeah. Yeah, please. They kept that they kept that tent reserved. Nobody they didn't didn't bring anybody in there. That was just for nobody because Sori Mana was so great, nobody can go into that until Rivka comes. Does the other hand up? Gail, yeah, please. It does. But we're going to get to that. It, do, it does relate to Nida, Chala, and Halakas Haner, the three special mitzvahs of her mitzvah. Yes, it does. Directly, directly relates to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, but also, is Rivka like that mitzvah? Not that we mentioned, like she was three when they yeah. So we don't know, you know, the madrega of Rivka Imenu, what she was like at three. And most girls at three are not at that point where they're ready to be married and start a household, right? But 
According to that opinion, it's not all opinions, sometimes she was 13, it makes it a little better. So that would seem to mean that she had all of those great abilities, even at a tender age of three. And that also means that she was watering all those camels at age three. So it's something highly unusual, according to that opinion. Yeah. Another question? Yeah, say? Yeah. Okay, now the last one here, and continuing in the Midrash. The Kevan Shura Osa Shehi Osa Kama Seimo Kotsa Chalasa Betahara, the Kotsa Isasa Betahara, when he saw that she did like his mother did, that she separated Chala and separated Do Betahara in the state of Tahara, Miyad Vaibi Eha Yitzchak Ha'ohela, Yitzchak brings her to the tent, which is the tent, the special tent of Sora Imenu. And we mentioned last week that in Avram Avinu's household, they ate chulin al taharat sakodesh. Even the ordinary food they ate, they ate it as if it was kodshim. So they kept the laws of tum and tahara completely, even with chulin, with regular food. Now take a look first at the eighth dose of commentary, which is on the right side of the margin there. And it's, it's well past halfway down. It's about 12 lines up from the end of the column where it says letter Tes Zayin and Tes Vav. Kol Yamim. Do you got that there? Kol Yamim? In the Eitz Yosef right column. So what's the diuk here that they're making? And there is a little bit of an awkward language. The Vayiviya Ha'ohela Sara Imo, right? To the tent Sarah, his mother. There's a word missing there. So the Avanezah says it should say, meaning it's meant to say, Ha'ohela, Ohel Sora Imo, to the tent of Sora, his mother. It should say, and he brought her Ohela to the tent of Sora Imo, Ela Shabalder Mos Behei Rishona, but there's a remez. When it puts a letter hey at the beginning, beginning of that word and it makes it ha-ohela, that letter is trying to bring something out. That means there's something happening here that we have to pay attention to. That letter hey is not necessary. Could have just said ohela. Shehei devorim shahayu bizman sora chazru rivka. That the Yosef says there were five special things that occurred with Sara Imenu. That's the letter Hey, five. And they all returned when Rivka came and married Yitzchak. Ubohem hikr Yitzchak shehoisa shakula ki imo And with those things, Yitzchak recognizes that she is equal to his mother. She is a great woman in her own right. And he becomes very happy with her, with who Rivka is. Vechamisha devorim hu. So what are the five things? Number one, onun, the, te- the cloud. Two, delosos tesuchos l'revocha. The doors were wide open to guests and she provided for them with plenty. Three, bracha bi'isa, there was a blessing in the dough. Four, near, there was a candle there. And five, kotsa chalasa v'isasa b'tahara. She separated her dough and separated her chala in a state of tahara. So those two things, the other two, the Rashi doesn't mention, the Midrash brings them out, ha'ohela, letter hey, five things. Now just interesting to note, 
we don't have to look at it, but the commentary on the other side says it was four things, not five. He doesn't include the last one of separating Dobe Tahara as one of the five things. He just adds the one about the house being wide open. Okay, now go to the bottom. Oh, we don't have this in this one, so I have it in mine. I'm going to read it out to you because this commentary called Eshed HaNacholim, which brings different proportion of the Midrash, it's not in this particular Midrash. This, by the way, this Midrash Rabbah is excellent. The older versions are very hard to read. The print is hard to read. It's very squishy. And they made this one, and he has a lot of Meforshim on it. So it's very, very good. This is all Hebrew. Now, another outstanding job of the Midrash is the art school Midrash, and they completed the Hamisha Chumashay Torah just last year. And the print is outstanding. It's all translated on the page next to it. And sometimes with the Midrash, you really need that translation. It's hard, sometimes hard words. And a lot of Meforshim, plus their own, as they always do, their own commentary on the bottom. So they are a little pricey. You might have to buy one volume at a time as you go through the sections of the Torah. A little pricey, but it's, it's very good to have because it opens up the Midrash a lot. So I'm just going to read this out loud from Eshed HaNacholim, and it goes back to what um, Gilad said about the three special mitzvahs of a woman. So Anun Koshur, a cloud that was connected to the tent. Chashav Mikama Devorim the Midrash here enumerates many things where Rivka was similar to Sarah. Asar b'inyanim elokiim. Number one, in godly things, in godly matters, in terms of her relationship to Hashem. Me'anon kosher. That is represented by the cloud. The cloud always in, in Torah represents a hashras hashchina. Moshe Rabbeinu goes to the Mishkan, there's a cloud there. When he goes up to the top of Arsina, he goes into a cloud, Onon Va'arotha. A cloud is Hashro'as Hashchina. So that represents Sora's relationship to Hashem, her own personal relationship with God. Umitovas Liva Livne Adam, and then another dimension of her outstanding character was her good heart in relationship to other people. That her house was wide open, to give food to poor people. So, and therefore there was a blessing from Hashem on her house. So, her that one of the five items here, that shows her good heart. Now, Hashem's blessing there, there is a candle that's always going in her house, from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. And here's where he says, This may have been a miracle, that she lit at Erev Shabbos and it lasted for the whole week. It says, It could have been a nace, like Hanukkah. He didn't say that, that's my own comment. It could not have been a nace because it could mean she was constantly lighting the candle in her house. So there was, there was always light in her house from one week to the next. So we're not sure that it was a nace, but maybe it was. Or it could also reflect 
the Pasuk in Eshes Chayel, that the candle does not go out in her home at nighttime. Kolomar that she never just sat around doing nothing. Kim Osekes she was always busy in her home taking care of her home. Do not misquote me and say Rabbi Goldberger said we don't have to rest, right? <laughs> I didn't say that. We always have to always have to rest, especially women have to rest, all the hard work that you do. So the idea of the nair being constantly burning, it's either an ace or it's the light of her home, or it represents her constantly being busy, taking care of her household, her family, the guests, all those things. That's what I said. So the Pasuk is saying, when Yitzchak Avinu sees Rivka and who she is and what she does and her character and her Maisim Tovim, now he realizes that because they were all gone when Sora died and now they're all coming back, well, this is about Rivka. This is about who Rivka is. Because at first he thought, according to this commentary, maybe Sora Imenu's Zechus just brought those things back into the house. Almost like she's up there in Shemaim, you know, pulling the strings and davening, so her Zechus causes all those things to return to her home, even though she's no longer here. So Yitzchak is thinking, maybe that's what it is. And then he realizes, no. When he sees the person who Rivka is, then he understands it's all in the merit of Rivka and who he is. She's a special person in her own right. right a lot of, in my opinion, you know, deep psychological insights here of a man and his love for his mother, and then his love for his wife, and the mother's gone, and he has to get over that, and he has to attach himself to his wife, and he even needs to do that when his mother is alive, <laughs> not, to make, not to wait till she dies before he truly loves his wife. That's not, not, a diff, that's not an easy emotional transition, and it's usually happen, happening you know, on a level where people are not even aware of it. But the Torah says, <laughs> A man has to leave his father and his mother and be close to his wife. So it seems here like Yitzchak Avin, he's mourning after his mother, Bederach Kavod. His mourning for his mother is considered to be a mitzvah of kibud aim. And he's still in that until Rivka Imenu comes along. But then Yitzchak Avinu makes the transition. Like he, he actually is able to transfer and say, okay, that was one woman in his life, his mother, and now this is the next woman in his life, his wife. The Torah is making a point that he's comforted now, and he's able to make that transition. I think it's very significant, because all of these dynamics are happening in people's lives and relationships to parents and children, not easy things to manage. The Torah, why is it bringing this out? In my view, to let us know that Yitzchak Avinu made the transition, and he made it in a thorough way. Uh, Mrs. Pham, was your hand up? No, Linda, yeah, please. Uh-huh. I just wanted to know who the Mechorim was. Because this is called Eshed HaNecholim. I don't know the Mechaber. I'll explain it to you. 
Olive Shin which means the, like a flow of water. So Eshed Hanachon, the flow of, raw, of water of the river. The flow of the river, that would be a good way to say it. Yeah, Linda, please. No. They, they knew how to do it. They knew how to start fires. I thought they just yeah. always tried to keep something... I mean, you would think so, because that would be much easier, right? Instead of doing... No, right, right. Yeah. Okay, yes, that's very possible. That's very possible. That's kind of similar to what he was saying there, that she's looking after her household and making sure everything is operating. She's making sure that source fire doesn't go out, so they have to start another... Could be. Could be, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a difficult subject, halakhically as well, in terms of a katana being married and how that works, and a husband and wife can be together when she's that young. Difficult subject. So some actually say that Rivka Yevenu, uh, in, in her being 13, that there, that happened when she was three, when she was at the well, but they didn't get married till she was 13. You have an idea like that. So anyway, that's a difficult halakhic subject how that all happens, fine. It's not, it's not an easy subject. Nothing I could summarize in a minute or two. Yeah. And it's not encouraged in halacha. It's not, not encouraged to marry a girl. Nowadays, of course, that would never happen. But not so long ago, the girls were getting married at age 14 and 15. It's not so long ago. But younger than Bas so that's already strange and not good. So this is an exception of us. You're saying because of the mitzvah of chinuch, that's upon them, but it's not really, they're not obligated to do so. Right, so we have to deal with all the, I can't, I can't give you an answer just like that. So it's too complicated. Yeah, Mrs. Sam, please. Right. So her age three, right, is a different, it's more like that she was a young, young woman at age, at age three in some miraculous kind of way. Very uh, simple, yeah. One, two things. One is that yes. it reminds me of the Marcos. The Marcos? Yeah, it wasn't 10, it was 50, it wasn't 50, it was 200, it wasn't 3. It wasn't 3, it was 5. <laughs> and um, I was just saying that it, I think because all says lighting candles is to bring shalom into the house. Shabbos candles. Right, so I was right. thinking maybe there was an idea that there was shalom in their tent from Shabbos nice. to Shabbos. Nice. But I'm wondering if she told Avraham to send out Yishmael on Arab Shabbos, like right when the Shalom was like, had to be rekindled, like, was, was there uh, you know, yeah. a right time to make that request. Send it out, right. And also, there's no noteworthy that the Imahos didn't have to deal with mother-in-laws. The Imos did not have to do with mother-in-laws. <laughs> of course, we because, all love our mother-in-laws. So I'm just because noting. they died before they came, is that what you mean? Well, Sora dies before Rivka comes. Right. Yes, Rivka also, also? passes away before Yaakov comes home. Yeah, the Torah is Marames to that. It's interesting. Yeah. 
I'm sure they'd all be very good daughters-in-law and mothers-in-law. Absolutely. Of course. Aviva, yes, please. It seems to be pretty short. I don't know what, how much time we're talking about, because she comes right back with Eliezer. Uh, they're trying to make Eliezer stay, you know, but he knows he's got to get out of Lovin's house as fast as he can. Yaakov gets stuck there for 20 years a little later on. And that happens pretty quickly, and she comes, she meets Yitzhak, she sees him, she's in awe of him, they get married. So right there, that time, which brings us up to your question, how long was this? I don't know, but it seems to me that it was pretty short, a pretty short period of time. Was, I know that in Bria Solomon, you know, we don't know how long those days were. Right. Are we talking about the same thing here? No. A day was a day. A day was a day, right. A day was a day. The Ramban even says in Bereshus, a day was a day. He contends with that. Some say it was a thousand years. But you, have, you do have opinions on both sides there. But here, here a day is a day, a 24-hour day. But if she was yeah. three and they waited until she was 13, then that's 10 Then that years. would be 10 years, right. And he's seeing her. Right, but I, but I don't know. You know, it's not, it's not clear how much time there was here. So yes, let's say it could have been 10 years if they waited 3 to 13. It could have been 10 years. But if she was 13 when this happened, it wasn't. There was another hand up. Yeah, please. All of them. All of these things that were coming back, he's thinking maybe it's Sarah Imenu's the Chus. And as he sees Rivka's character and who she is, he really understands it's her. Yeah, but still he doesn't know. He's still not sure. Is it her? Is it his mother? What's bringing this about? And then he gets to the point where he really fully knows it's Rivka. It's Rivka's own mice and Tovin that are bringing this all about. So even of a close up ethos of the Sahara, like all of those, it could, could have just been... Well, the last one is a little different. It seems like it's her effort. Yeah. She's prepared herself for the Sahara. Right. Yeah. The last one is different. And maybe that's why the Maharzu, the other commentary, doesn't count it as one of the five. That's something that she does. What do you have to wait? There's, no, there's no, nothing happening as a result of it. It's just something she's doing. The other things are, they're reappearing. So why are they reappearing? What's happening here? And then he realizes for sure it's Rivka. So now back to Gil's question. I thought it was in the Eshet HaNachon. It's probably in a different commentary. So Nida Chalon Halokas Haner. Nida corresponds to the Onan, the tent, the, the cloud on the tent. Because that's the Hashro'as Hashchina as a result of Taharas HaMishpacha. That's the cloud. Chala is bracha mitzuya be'isa. Her dough was blessed. That corresponds to that mitzvah. Hadlokas haner corresponds, of course, to the ner daluk me'erv shabbos le'erv shabbos. So the three special mitzvahs of a woman are all marumas here in what was happening in Sarah Imenu's tent. They're all direct connections except for the onan on the ohel. That needs a little bit of conceptualization that that's a result of taharas hamishpacha and the laws of Nida. Yeah, Elka, please. When her dough was blessed, that it didn't 
probably not getting stale, probably being plenty to fill, fill people up with just small amounts, like is brought down in the Lechem HaPanim in the Beis HaMikdash, just a small amount would sustain a person. Those are usually the brachos that are associated with bread. They don't, it doesn't go stale, and it fills people up very easily. Don't know, because the Avram Avinu is now looking for a shidduch after the Akedah, after Sora Imenu dies. Right. And how long a period of time that was, I don't know. Because don't we know how old Yitzchak was when he got Yeah, Yitzchak was, well, at the Akedah he was 37, right? right? And then was, uh, the Torah says, um, I forgot, anybody remember offhand? How old he was? I just, was he 60? 40, and then, and then she, it was 40 to 60 that Rivka didn't have children? I'm not remembering right now. Yeah, I can't, yeah. Then it could be three years. Yeah. If that's correct, I think that was, it's, we're like, we're right up there in the Torah. It's a shame, I can't remember that. Okay. All right, he's born when he's 37, right? Then she'd be three. Right. Right, thank you. So she's born at the Akedah, so then she would, if he marries her at 40, she's three at that time. And then 40 to 60, they don't have children, if I'm remembering correctly. Please correct me if I'm wrong. She's been 10 years. 10 years? So that's not, that's 20, right? I, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What time do we got? Okay. So officially it's over, but no one's coming in, so I'm going to read a little bit. Okay, right. All right, so just take a look at your, at your other page for a minute. Just kind of a fascinating thing. We can't do them before Shemana, but we'll, we'll read through the Midrash. Uh, letter test Vav on your page there, a little bit past half the way down. Vatisa Rivko Esenoha Vatera Esitsa. We're going backward chronologically. So Rivka lifts up her eyes. She's coming back with Eliezer, and she sees Yitzchak in the distance. Amar Rabbi says, Safas shayado shtucha batfila. She saw that his arm was outstretched in prayer. Amra, so she said, Vadai Adam Godolhu. This is most certainly a great man. When she sees him davening, she gets it right away. Who he is. Lakach Sho'Allah Allah. Therefore she asked about him. Because she says to Eliezer, Miho Ishalazah, who is that man? And the Midrash says that's not common that Rivka would ask that question. Why is she asking about a man? So the reason is because she's struck by his tefillah and she realizes he's an Adam Gada. Batipo me al so literally, she falls off the camel. That's not what it means. Isrichinus. She lets herself slide down off her camel a little bit. Heich ma'ada'at amar ki lo yutalik. It says in Tehillim, when you fall, you shall not be fully taken away. Meaning, it's not a full fall. She doesn't fall off her camel, but she slips down in her camel, and that's out of Yura. She's in awe of Yitzchak. Batomer Elo Evet. And she says to the Evet, meaning Eliezer, she says, Miho Ishalazeh, who is this man? Rebichia Amar Rebichia says, 
Ra'asa oso hadur v'toha mipanav. She saw that he was outstanding in his appearance, and she was in awe of him. So she's immediately struck by Yitzchak's presence, both that he's davening and simply also how he looked, his, his demeanor. And they get that from a comparison to the word halazeh. Later on in the Torah, when Yosef's brothers are plotting against him, and Yosef is coming, so they say to each other, look, the dreamer is coming, but he uses the word alazeh, meaning there's an outstanding person coming our way. Halazeh is an unusual word. So in that case, it was to the negative. But here it's to the positive. When she says to Eliezer, Ha'ish halazeh, it's clear that she's recognizing in him somebody great. Rabbonan Amri hu upilsono. The Chachamim say it means he and his accompanying angel, that he had a malach that would go with him when he went, and Rivka Imenu perceives that. She perceives that malach. Halazeh, what does that mean? Alon zeh. The Midrash says alon means acher. There's somebody else with him. So she sees some other being along with him. What is it? It's his malach. So Eliezer replies, he is my master. So what happens then? She slides off her camel and she covers herself. She puts a veil on over her face. So the Midrash comments, There were two women who covered themselves with a veil and they gave birth to twins. Rivka v'tamar. Fascinating, right? Rivka co- covers herself with her veil. She gives birth to twins, Yaakov and Esav. Tamar covers herself when Yehuda is coming on the way. She gives birth to Peretz and Zorach. Rivka v'tika chatzoif. We see Rivka covered herself with her veil. It says v'tika chatzoif. And Tamar, it says, v'tachas batzoif v'tis Allah. She covered herself with her veil, and she disguised herself. Then the last comment of the Midrash, and the Eved, Eliezer, tells Yitzchak everything that happened. So the Torah there is being very concise. With Eliezer's story, he told the whole thing twice, all over again, the whole rendition, right? Now the Torah goes back to its usual ways and says, and Eliezer told him everything that happened. I'm a Rabbi Elazar. Rabbi Elazar says, that the general statements of the Torah, which include a lot, are much more numerous than the specific statements of the Torah, which the Torah is usually not that specific. It's concise with its words and their subtleties and ramazim. So here it's one of those instances. It doesn't say what Eliezer said, what Elazar, what, sorry, what Eliezer said to Avraham, to Yitzhak. She'ilu balichtov, because if the Torah would have written the, everything that Eliezer said to Yitzhak, that would take two or three pages. Right? That's a lot of ink to retell the whole story again. So the Torah doesn't. No, it was something specific that he told him. 
Divrei Shavach Gilalo. He told Yitzchak the praiseworthy, amazing things that happened when he was on his journey. Eitz Yosef says, Nisim Shana Asulo. He told Yitzchak the miracles that happened. Masha that when he went to get Rivka, he had Kapitzas Haderech. All of a sudden, he was there in a miraculous way. So anything of a miraculous nature, Eliezer told it over to Yitzchak. So the question is, why? Why did he do that? Maybe he's saying to Yitzchak, she's the one. Right? Look at all these things that happened. Don't think I made a mistake. Look at these Nisim that occurred. This is the one who's meant for you. And that kind of goes, flows very nicely into the first one that we saw, that Yitzchak does observe in Rivka all the things, the great qualities that, that she has. Kashu Koch, everybody. Have a great week. Have a good Shabbos. It's nice to learn this in a woman's year. Right? It goes in to Rivka, Imenu, Sora, Imenu, and we see who they are a little bit. Right? Thanks, Hannah. Hi, thanks. Good morning.